The following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah! Are you ready for a break? Uh, Yes. Are you ready for a break? Absolutely. Ready for a break? Yeah, and um, so much for that. It's time for The Break on DallasCowboys.com. We were on the break! With Ambar Garcia, Brian Broaddus, Patrick Walker, and Derek Eagleton. It is Monday, September 11th, 2023, season 19, episode number 28. Welcome to the latest edition of The Break. We're live from SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. And today we are talking about an absolute beatdown. Cowboys going to New York on Sunday night football, beat the Giants 40 to nothing. Uh, Probably in all the time that I've been with the Cowboys, probably the most dominating victory I've ever seen the Cowboys have. Minnesota last year was pretty close, but just the way they did it last night was, I think, one of the most dominating performances I've ever seen uh, from this team. Uh, So let's start there. What I'd love from you guys is just your big picture takeaway from that game. There was so much that happened. What will you remember most about that game, and what does it mean for you, I guess, going forward? Let's start with you, Patrick. The defense is special. It's off to a special start. And all they need to do is, uh, like Michael Parsons said after the game, it it just needs to be consistent. And they need to perform like this week in, week out, all the way through January, hopefully into the beginning of February. Um, But what we saw last night against the the New York Giants – on the visitors' field, I mean, that was greater than great. That was, in fact, special. From Michael Parsons setting the tone early with that sack on Daniel Jones, you had uh, the New York Giants moving the ball on the first uh, offensive drive of their of their contest. But uh, And they were aided by a penalty, the 15-yard penalty. Brian, you talked about doing away with those nonsensical yeah. penalties. It almost bit them you know, in, the, in the face. But they mounted up. They held firm. And then that gave the special teams a chance to be just that special with the block punt by Wanye Thomas, who uh, in the course of – five snaps look at the block punt uh, on that that offensive drive that was stopped he stopped Saquon Barkley by filling that gap then he had a big PBU on uh, Darren Waller a target to Waller Wanye stepped up huge Marquise Bell stepped up huge uh, and these young guys stepped up and matched the the headliners Demarcus Lawrence Michael Parsons also Diggy Zua um, J. Ron Curse I mean every single guy on that defense made a play even the guys who came in on the back end of the fourth quarter to close out and keep it a shutout so biggest takeaway for me is that yeah um, the offense it you know it looked okay and it had its moments uh, and it struggled a little bit to get going at first but special teams and defense uh basically on the day so again we're we're using that word special that's what i want to see from this cowboys defense because this is what i think they can be well i think this game what it meant to me or not that i needed something extra but i think my love for dan quinn has been extra solidified (laughs) and there's no going back i absolutely freaking love the guy and something else and I know Patrick you posted a video and we always stand there when the players are coming off the field and this is just it didn't happen just this game this is something that Dan Quinn does he hangs by the door the entrance of the locker room waits for every player not just the guys on defense he hugs high fives congratulates or just a pat on the back to every single player that comes by and you love to see that so Going back to 
um, last week in one of the shows, remember when we were talking about what player is the most important on defense and some of us, you know, aside from Micah Parsons and all that? This is the perfect example. You don't have that type of defense without Dan Quinn. You don't have a collective group of guys perform the way that the, that they did without the right coaching which is Dan Quinn. So credit to him. Uh, and it's just super, super exciting to see this being the beginning of this season and knowing that typically when you get this going, like the hype starts going and guys as competitive as they are, they want to keep performing in that level. And it's really, really cool just to see everybody getting a piece of it and it just not being all about Micah Parsons. And to be fair, we saw that um, Nick was showing us that play. Remember when Osa got that sack? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was really cool to see because those are the type of opportunities that Micah Parsons just being yes. on the field creates, which was they put him in the interior and he ha- he was double team, protecting him or blocking him. And then that gave the opportunity for Osa to get around, go after the quarterback and sack. So, it's just everything that they're building and just giving opportunities to everybody on defense is really amazing. This defense carried over what they did at training camp to mm-hmm. the field for week one of this game. We saw uh, the opportunities at, in Oxnard of how they attacked this Cowboys offense working against each other. Uh, we saw with Micah Parsons. We saw with Osa Odigizua. Where I was really impressed with the Cowboys last night was their ability to play on the Giants' side of the line of scrimmage. The Giants played on their heels the entire night, and and that was something that you want to do. They took the the fight really to this Giant offense. As Patrick was talking about, the first drive was a little bit shaky with the quarterback runs, the ability. The, you know, the, the Giants were getting a little bit of traction, but what happens? Micah Parsons gets a on a third and two gets an illegal motion penalty. Now it's third and seven. Now you get a bad snap. Now you get a, a blocked field goal. Now momentum has swung your way. You know, I, I, what you're saying about Dan Quinn is so true. And all the coaches, I think, on the defensive staff, uh, especially uh, at what we saw in the game last night, everybody that dressed had a role in the way they played last night. They figured out ways to to, to use Bell in that role of Overshone to play as a linebacker. You know, Wanye Thomas playing down in the role of maybe what we're going to see uh, from uh, Wilson. You know, guys like that. This is this is what the staff does, and you know when they can take their players and then and then use them against you. Uh, that's the kind of results you're going to get on a week-in and week-out basis. They completely choked the run. They completely took the run out of the game. They made the Giants very one-dimensional. All week long, we talked about how poor the Giants were at certain spots of their offensive line. The Cowboys exposed them for their their problems that they were going to have and probably problems that they're going to have throughout this season. And, and Derek, here's, here's what I would add to that. And, and when I say the word special, I mean, I'm, I'm not, this is not hyperbole. This is absolutely ridiculous how elite the Cowboys were last night defensively. Seven sacks on Daniel Jones, three takeaways. They had a pick six. They did all of this. 
They constantly had the Giants playing on their heels. They dominated at the line of scrimmage. They dominated with the linebacker core. They dominated at the corner. Stephon Gilmore gets his uh, interception, his first interception as a Cowboy. Trevon Diggs forces two takeaways. Then from the safety unit, they contribute as well. Marquise Bell, Juan Yeh Thomas, J. Ron Curse, Malik Hooker. And I talked to Malik Hooker. He definitely wants that potential interception back. He, he told me he'll get that in the next game. So, I mean, when you talk about all of the things that occurred at MetLife Stadium and then – as I'm walking down to the locker room, it, it strikes me. Donovan Wilson wasn't in this game. No. Mm-hmm. Jordan Lewis wasn't in this game. So you mean to tell me they did this to a division rival who we, we talked about all week is not a pushover. Mm-hmm. You did this to a division rival, and you're without two impact playmakers on defense. Special, special, special. And now, again, we've seen it. I want to see more, more. Give me more. Yeah, I think uh, that's the key for me. I won't, I'm not going to have anybody try to move the goalpost on me today. Right. The New York Giants are a good football team. Correct. And I know the Cowboys beat them down, and yeah. there will be some people start to say, well, are they a really a good football No, they're a good football team. This right. is a playoff team from last year. Actually won a playoff game last year. Nobody suspected that last year, but coming into this year, the expectation is this is a good, solid NFL football team, not the kind of team that should be beat 40 to nothing at home in a season opener. The Dallas Cowboys did that. Yep. So you got to give the Cowboys credit for winning against a solid team and just destroying, dismantling a, uh, a very, very solid NFL team. Let's dive a little deeper, deeper into that defense. You mentioned some of those numbers, but when you start thinking about the scope of these numbers, I saw a uh, post earlier today uh, from The Athletic. Check this out. No team, no team has ever, one, lost 40 to nothing or worse, two, lost the sack battle 7 to nothing or worse, Three, lost the turnover battle three to nothing or worse. Four, had a blocked field goal return for a touchdown. And five, threw a pick six. Here's the interesting thing. No team in NFL history has ever had that happen to them in a season. Last night it happened to the Cowboys. I mean, the Cowboys did it to the Giants in a game. That's That's the kind of stuff where when you start talking about special, a special defense, that's the kind of thing special defenses do. Now, it's only one game. is you asking me, my finger size. My ring oh. size. Oh, God. That's all I'm hearing. That's all I'm hearing. Where are we going? Where are we going? My, no, my ring size. That's all, that's all I'm hearing. When, you, when right. you start pulling up numbers and stats like these. Well, but that's the thing. Like, it, it still is one game. And I, you know, I'm, I couldn't get through a show without talking about Texas. It's the same thing I said about Texas, right? Yeah. It's one game. And you, it was a big win. And it showed you some things that you look at your team and you're like, okay, there's some promise. But. That can all come crashing down next yeah. week against the Jets. They have to stay on top of this, and they have to keep providing those types of performances. The offense is going to have to get better. We're going to talk a little yeah. bit about the offense. There's some areas where they still got to get better. Uh, but all things considered, you love the way it starts because it does suggest that this team is ready to take that next step. But it's like we talked about last week. Uh, it's not just the offense. We want the offense to match serve with the defense. Bottom line, period. But we also want the defense. You asked me directly, how can this defense take the next step? One of the things I said was defensive touchdowns. Put some points on the board. Become an offensive, a part of the offense, a de facto part of the offense. That's what we saw last night. So when you're talking about going against teams like Aaron Rodgers and the Jets or you know uh, the Philadelphia Eagles and Jalen Hurts down the road, if the defense can continue 
you to take the ball away, and they've already shown that they can the past two seasons. So this is not an anomaly. We can depend on that, and we expect that to uh, continue to occur. What we need to see is them putting points on the board. So they've done that in week one. Yes, there are still 16 more regular season games, plus hopefully the ones in January, plus hopefully the one in February. So there's still a lot of football to be played, but we've seen enough evidence from this defense to be able to sit back confidently and say, well, now that we've seen it, we can rightfully expect it, and we don't expect a dip. There will be a bad game. There'll be a bad game or two because this is football and you're playing other professional athletes and other head coaches. They get paid, too. But this is the standard. This is the standard. And that's what should excite Cowboys fans. All right. So let's dive in a little deeper. Talk to me about that first drive, because if you want to look at anything in the game and say, man, that that kind of worried me. um, I think we all as we were watching that first drive by the Giants occur, we were thinking, Oh gosh, the the run defense was supposed to be a little better, yeah, and uh, and it it was not in parts of that that drive. What did you guys see? Well, what you what happened is the Giants did a really good job of of getting into into blocks, and Dallas was trying to be aggressive and getting up the field. When you watched the game and the way it was played, I had a chance to watch it this morning, and you 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 saw that the Giants they were actually able to get leverage in a lot of situations there where they were able to get inside hands inside after that first drive it 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 totally went away from them as far as the way that they were able to block but the Giants did a good job of getting movement on your front you were you were going the 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 plan was to try and get up the field and be aggressive and as you got up the field then that also kind of puts you in bad positions with having to deal with the quarterback runs but you know they were they they did a pretty good job of getting down blocks or double team blocks and then getting up on your linebackers. Your guys were fighting blocks that way. The Giants were able to get there were runs of five yards, eight yards, mm-hmm. seven yards. The quarterback runs we talked about that as a potential problem as well. And so you know once they they kind of figured out that okay we got to play with a little bit more discipline we got to play with a little bit more pad level we've got to play with a little bit more of getting off those blocks things kind of turned around for them they did a much better job after that drive of making sure that the, the Giants weren't able to get inside on them and get that push and get second level blocks, but it was it was a, it was a concern that you know the Giants were you, you kind of felt like that okay this is going to be one of those games where all of a sudden Daniel Jones keeps running and then mm-hmm. you know that you can't stop him from running. Uh, the football. That, that's the one thing. I just that, thought about you when when yeah, that first absolutely. drive was happening. I was about to you tweet you actually. Like, Brian oh, said this. Like Brian. this is gonna be a problem. Yeah. yeah. yeah the, 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 the the thing that to me, you know, Saquon Barkley is an outstanding back, and he's a physical back, and you got to get bodies to him. Daniel Jones is the guy that can kill you on those third down situations mm-hmm. running the football. That's that's the thing you have to. He drops back, you lose contain, you know, because all of a sudden you get blocked down inside, and now he's out the door for a six, seven, eight yard gain, and he's getting a first down. But they settled down. But the the Giants did a really good job of coming off the ball that first drive. The game to me really flipped after that after that aborted snap. That's when all of a sudden it's you know it's like okay Dan Quinn and the staff were able to make some adjustments there in the second half and say okay this is the way we need to play these guys now or not the second half but the second drive in that game because the Giants did a good job of coming off the ball 
and then making things happen up front for them that allowed them to have some positive plays in the in that first drive. And then the Cowboys basically off of that that botched um, snap. Yeah. The Cowboys then double dipped in the demoralization by blocking Graham Gano because Graham Gano he didn't recover from that. He missed a, a field goal later in the game yeah. that you thought that he would have. So he finished 0 and 2. Well, on, yeah, you got to give you got to give Bones Fossil a lot of credit right, that, because that's my point. because Bredesen the tackle on that side they 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 figured out and I bet you they watched Bredesen in maybe some some regular season stuff that he had involved maybe last year or some stuff that he had done in the preseason because they knew that they could stretch him. And what happened was when he he's the right tackle, he he went forward and his his base was so wide that it put a natural seam between him and the wing. And they probably saw that during during the week and all their preparation that okay, if we can jump this gap and we'll find out today. Coordinators talk. He'll probably talk. Maybe he doesn't want to give up his secrets. But you could clearly see that Bredesen is off balance. His base is too wide. There's a gap. And Wanye Thomas is like, I'm going to take this opportunity to jump through that gap. And then he was clean all the way through. So just, again, good game planning, understanding who the opponent is, and taking advantage of the opponent and the weakness that they have at certain spots. And we'd really be remiss if we didn't um, give roses to Noah Igbenogany uh, in his Cowboys debut. You know, And speaking with Noah uh, going into the game, he talked about some of his uh, mental struggles and you know, his time with the Dolphins, and he quote-unquote prayed for change and maybe the to the Cowboys was his prayer being answered and he's looking for a fresh start well he's Johnny on the spot after yeah. Wanye makes that block and there you go you got a deep, you got a first non-offensive touchdown for the Cowboys so uh, shouts out to, to Noah Igbenogany for showing up big in his, and his Cowboys debut and the staff for making that trade and the Cowboys and staff for making that trade and you know there were some that were asking here come the strays there were some that were asking if you know does Kelvin Joseph make that play we don't know we'll never know he didn't make it when he was here <laughs> Noah made it in his first game out with the Cowboys so they're they're there you go. We just go Shades and bar. We'll just let him make it. We'll just yeah. let him make it. But you know, one thing I thought that was interesting, though, is if you go back and look at the early part of that game, I think the Giants actually did the Cowboys a favor because that first drive you mentioned, yeah. it, Brian, think about this run five yards, run nine yards. Right. Then they pass for no, no gain, right. right? Then run nine yards, run five yards, run six yards, yeah. run 11 yards, run for no gain, run for eight yards. Right. Like they were running the ball extremely well. And when they passed the ball was when bad things happened. Here's the interesting part. After they then ended up with that fumble snap and then had the field goal blocked, they came back on the field, three straight passes, right. which were – they had I think one got pass defense by, uh, by, uh, by um, 56. Uh, why am I drawing a blank on his name? Um, Fowler? Fowler, yeah, yeah, by Fowler. And then you've got a pass defense by Wanye. And then you got a sack by Micah. Right. They come back on the next drive, they get the ball. Pass, pass, pass. They were doing the Cowboys' work right. for them. They went Started away from the, the run. Panic. Right. They, they went away from right. the run, even though it was working, and it, it created this opportunity where basically they were digging themselves an even deeper hole. And I told Nick, by the time you get to halftime and it's 26 to nothing, like, what? how can they come back? There is no path for them to come back because that means they got to throw the ball. Yeah. And they yeah. are not going to be able to throw the ball. Defenses will not be – offenses will not be able to throw the ball effectively in most instances against this defense because that's what they want – to be able to do and is go get your quarterback. The weather condition, which was Absolutely. indeed a factor well, and a problem. The, the the way that the Cowboys rush the passer now, that teams are going to commit more to running the football. Mm-hmm. They they realize they you, you just if if you're any NFL team about to play the Cowboys, the last thing you want to do is let them rush the passer. Right. They they are going to load up and try and run the football on you. 
And so, yeah, the Giants had some success. The problem is that they were down, and all of a sudden they thought, we got to throw instead of sticking with a game plan. They started the three straight passes led to the sack and led to them, you know, led to the situation where they, they they had to chase the rest of the game and chasing the rest of the game and throwing the football. The, the, the teams, I don't feel like, are going to let the Cowboys. They're going to try and run the football. They're not going to. It, it, even if they're down, they're going to still try and run the football because the last thing you want to do is be wearing Parsons around your neck, mm-hmm. be wearing Osa around your neck, be re- wearing all these defenders that have this. got a whole list now. Yeah, that's <laughs> no, that's that's the thing about it is you you when you throw the ball against the Cowboys, you're playing to their strength. Yeah, you know, running the football now will be the way to try and, and neutralize any. There's probably going to be some ugly games going forward because teams are not going to let you you know they're going to wear you down by trying to run the ball and you know it's hard playing run defense and then rushing the passer just when you know you could just rush the passer it's a lot easier to play that way but when you physically have to deal with the run the entire game and then rush the passer also that's a little bit of a difficult situation for me it was always about shutting down the run for the Giants and yes the Giants did help the Cowboys by getting away from what was working Daniel mm-hmm. Jones's mobility the score and, killed him that way yeah, yeah. Uh, but once the game flipped uh, and it flipped early and you know Brian Dayball and, and Daniel Jones felt like okay well it's going to have to be Daniel Jones winning this game I sat back in my seat in the press box I was like this is exactly exactly what I wanted to see. I want to see Daniel Jones try to play hero because he's shown me he can't play hero. If you bottle up Saquon Barkley, which the Cowboys did, uh, and then you talk about that that hit Diggs laid on Barkley to create that tip drill, that tip drill which was a pick six for Deron Bland. I mean, at every point of attack after that first drive, you know, on the back end of that first offensive drive for the Giants, it was just all Cowboys. They set the tone after the Giants thought they had set the tone, and then from there it just became a runaway train, and the, there was Nothing, nothing that Daniel Jones and that offense could do about it. Yeah. All right, we're going to take our first break. When we come back, we've got to flip over to the offensive side of the ball. There were lots of things to discuss there. We'll be back. DallasCowboys.com radio. Todd thought it would be secure to jog in the cheetah savannah. Todd believed the big cat repellent he bought online was reliable. And now Todd is trying to be faster than this cheetah that can run 80 miles per hour. But the good news is Todd has AT&T 5G that is fast, reliable, and secure. And he learned the best thing to do is stop running and toss her the backpack with the beef stew. AT&T 5G. Fast, reliable, secure. It's not complicated. 5G requires compatible plan and device. 5G may not be available in your area. See att.com slash 5G for you for details. Cowboys fans, after that move, we've just coined the term Rowdy Replay. Let's roll back the tape. Okay, there's our mascot Rowdy cheering on the boys. And now he's on his phone, on his Bank of America mobile banking app? Staying on top of his finances with his virtual financial assistant, Erica. Bank of America's digital tools are so impressive. Cowboys fans just can't stop banking. Learn more at bankofamerica.com slash can't stop banking. Erica is only available in in the English language, you must download the latest version of the mobile banking app, only available on select mobile devices. Message and data rates may apply. Member FDIC. Welcome back into Dear Doctor, the show where I answer life's questions with an ice-cold can of Dr. Pepper. Sheila, let's hear from our next caller, would you? Dear Doctor, my friend supported me during a tough time, but what's the right gift that says, thanks for being a soldier to cry on? Okay, this one's easy. I say give her a delicious Dr. Pepper. Nothing says, thanks, girl. Better than a -a one-of-a-kind soda. Yes, any Dr. Pepper flavor will do. Now, just a reminder that I don't need to be a real doctor to know that Dr. Pepper 
is the one you deserve. They say champions are remembered, but legends are never forgotten. United Ag and Turf offers a winning lineup of John Deere equipment built to tackle any challenge on and off the field. Legendary John Deere tractors, combines, residential mowers, commercial mowers, compact construction equipment, gator utility vehicles, and a full line of golf and sports turf equipment. United Ag and Turf, the official Ag and Turf equipment supplier of the Dallas Cowboys. Visit unitedagandturf.com to find a location near you. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Back to the break. Rally Day is presented by SeatGeek. Give NFL fans an experience of a lifetime. The day prior to the Dallas Cowboys home games on September 16th. Enjoy activities at Miller Lighthouse. Get behind the scenes tour of AT&T Stadium and more. Visit attstadium.com slash rally days for more information and to get your tickets today. Welcome back. Second segment of the break. We are live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. And this segment is brought to you by blockchain.com. All right, let's get back into Cowboys versus Giants. Cowboys win 40 nothing. kick off the mm, NFL season. Delicious. Let's talk about the offensive side of the ball. Let's start first with Mike McCarthy and the play calling. This was the first game we got to see him as a Cowboy coach uh, calling the offensive plays. Tell me what you saw that, that kind of piqued your interest or, or that you had a problem with maybe in, uh, in how the plays were designed or, or how he called them. Creativity was the first thing I noticed with some. I love the fact they got in trips formation, the big play, the 49 oh, yeah. yard City pass land. with the double picks, you know, it, it perfectly. That's what you, the yeah. whole idea is what we saw with Mike McCarthy and this offensive staff was how do you find ways to get separation between these receivers and give Dak Prescott the best opportunity to make some throws? Great example right there. The, the drive that they had where they used the unbalanced line down on the goal line where they brought Tyron Smith over. Those are little creativity, little wrinkles, little things that you can do uh, to kind of put the defense in some in some bad spots. I felt like that, that Mike did a pretty good job of calling plays. They didn't have a problem with what he was trying to do. Uh, you know, maybe uh, Dak got let down a couple of times on some execution. The ball that there's, you know, the third down pass that Ferguson, Ferguson. should have caught. You know, that's a play that he makes nine out of ten times. He just dropped that one. The, the pass that they had in the, up the up the seam that the that the tight end dropped as well, mm-hmm. you know, it should have been uh, you know, with Hendershot should have been a, a touchdown right there. So you know, yeah, there was a couple of just opportunities that they missed on that uh, they loved that probably have had back. But I liked what I saw with the creativity. I liked how quickly they were playing with a little pace. It wasn't a hurry up attack, but you kind of felt like they weren't rushed in this game. You know, the weather I think had a lot to do with how some of the stuff worked out, but. Overall, though, you have to be pretty pleased with the way that, that Mike and Dak were able to kind of the communication, able to to get the plays in and get them, uh, get them executed. And I'm right there with Brian. I, I'm impressed with what I saw from McCarthy. Um, I think my, my biggest qualms would just simply be in, in the realm of execution. Uh, yeah. you, you talk about the, the drop by Jake Ferguson, which is a rarity for him. He has some very sure and sticky hands. And uh, on that flat, that could have easily, at worst, it would have been fourth and inches, and maybe they have a chance to go for it. But at best, he falls forward with momentum and it's a first down. You had a drop by Hendershot. 
guy. So the tight ends, which, you know, the irony being, so you jinxed him, Ambar. You jinxed him by saying tight ends uh, have big days. Damn, admit, like, I you know. Jinxed him, right? I, that's when you sh- you need to shut up sometimes. Yeah. So, <laughs> so that's why I need to. So Ambar <laughs> this jinxed. business, you don't shut up. <laughs> right. you, you that's the last thing you can do. So, yes, yeah. that was disappointing. So for me, it was just the execution. And, and I, you know, we'll get better from Jake Ferguson and Peyton Hendershot. We've seen those guys have short hands. Um, uh, and then there was, you know, another example would be Tyler Biadish kind of getting skinnied up and turned sideways by Dexter Lawrence, which allowed a pressure uh, on Dak Prescott. So just little things like that, um, you know, and when you're talking about 40 to zero, yeah, we, we are nitpicking this, but we can because if you look at it, um, the Cowboys offense is looking to get off to a fast start in this, you know, new regime of play calling with Mike McCarthy and Brian Schottenheimer helping coordinate. Uh, and I mean, it was it was solid. Because it didn't have to be no. explosive, no. so that allowed McCarthy to kind of not have to pull, go too deeply in the bag. So the bag is deep, I believe, but he didn't have to go too deeply into it. We saw versatility in both play calling and how things were schemed up. My favorite play, you know, and shouts out to Tony Pollard for you know his first game as lead back, two rushing touchdowns. He was impactful in the passing game as well. Um, but it is that trips left, C.D. Lamb. Yeah. 49 yards right. catch and run that that I believe is a flash of what we're going to see when the Cowboys offense is starting to fire on all cylinders yeah the fourth down play was nice too the one that went inside the cooks the way oh, yeah. they the way they oh, kind of yeah. you know they caught the Giants playing off which I don't understand on fourth and short right while you're playing back but the, the Giants had a lot of those kind of plays where you're kind of scratching your head I want to say this though about the tight ends I know we're talking about them dropping the ball but the blocking though on the 25 yard run that oh, Pollard had you had uh you had Hendershot and Schoonmaker at that point of attack and they just completely wiped out the right side there to allow Pollard to to run through through that hole right there so you know th- those are the kind of things there's maybe there's some things and we finally saw them use Cavante uh, Turpin well Turpin See, and that was when that Hunter was Lipke yeah. too as a yeah. blocker yeah. yeah we hadn't seen it all really preseason where Hunter Lipke was a blocker and he got an opportunity not only as a fullback but also some inline stuff as well so again some creativity there the execution part of it I think was the one everything that I know I had a, kind of an issue with yeah I think they were I, I saw a lot of setting up things for future right yeah yes. you saw if you yes. noticed there were a lot of times yesterday when Dak would hand the ball off and he'd sprint he yeah. sprint out of the backfield, just giving the defense something else on tape for them to look at to say, hey, we might want to account for that guy who right. keeps running out, out of the screen, right? That, those are things that are setting up for future weeks. Lepke is another one. Yeah. There's something they're going to do with him. They're right. bringing him in. They're integrating him in as a, as a lead blocker. There will be opportunities to use him as a guy that runs the ball and maybe dips out into the flat and you got a nice little pass out there. There are things I saw yesterday that give me reason to believe this offense has so much more and so many more ways that they can they can evolve over the season, which is what you need in an NFL season. you got to be able to evolve as an offense as it goes along. Yeah. Um, just a couple of things from me. One, I was going to talk about Kevonta Turpin. He... We've seen it last year, how many times they've tried to incorporate him into the offense, and it never was really productive in any way. Yeah, it was forced, and it never really scared anybody, any defenses. But this time around, it was really cool to see him get still get that opportunity and be involved and get that touchdown. Another thing, the O-line. I thought they did a really nice job despite not having Tyler Smith. Shouts out to Chuma Idoga. Chuma Idoga, yes. Mm-hmm. He shut us up a little bit, too. Um, That's what we needed to see from him. Yeah. That's exactly yeah. what we needed to see from yeah. him. So it, it's just, it's, it gives you that sense of 
comfort, quote unquote, that, okay, this isn't as bad as we thought it could be. And he held up pretty nicely. I thought Dak had a lot of times, at times. No sex. Uh, yes. And however, I will say this. Um, I'm not, I wasn't super impressed overall. Uh, I'll defer from you guys. I wasn't super, I, the spark was missing. Uh, but you got to take into account the weather. Mike McCarthy talked about the field being soft, yeah. and that obviously affects this uh, the game. But also, I took this as a uh, – I'm not freaking out or anything because I know the talent that they do have. And like you guys talked about, you see those moments where you're like, okay, that's going to be good. Yep. That's good. They're putting that on film and all that. But also, uh, I took this kind of like a preseason game for the offense and just – Fair. Them being out there, getting that time of being together, they haven't done that. Um, we know that. And it's a little different for offense versus defense, not getting playing time during mm-hmm. the preseason. So I'm not uh, – I know I've seen on Twitter fans kind of being really concerned and freaking out this so. early on. I would say, <laughs> take it from me, the main alarm <laughs> ringer Sounder, or whatever. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I go you know, uh, nuts with certain things and exaggerate, but – there are a lot of things to be positive about, and this offense can be really, really special. They didn't need to be in this game, but I think um, it's not always going to rely on the defense. They'll be able to put their part. Uh, there was this- a lot of concern for Adoga because we, mm-hmm. I mean, let's be honest, and I think we have about him. He, he, you know, you go back and watch him, and I, I studied him this morning in the game. He played well. Did he play great? No. Did he play well? Yes. Was he off balance some? Yes. You know, was he fighting throughout the whole game? Yes, he was. He looked much better playing in a small space than he did playing tackle. You know, and if you were evaluating him as a, as the way he played against not only Micah Parsons but others during training camp, you know, there was not a lot to go on there. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I'm I'm I, I you know I'm happy for him that he played that he wasn't a liability in this game. That's where I was worried about. They did a good job on the inside three of the Giants in this game. They really did. Other than you know, Lawrence the one time getting yep. Biotish turned, they really did a good job on the inside three. That Zach Martin, Biotish, and Adoga. And so to me, I'm not playing Adoga anywhere other than guard. You know, I saw, I saw what was going on at, at tackle. I'm not going that route anymore. You know, if you want to say he's a guard, he's a guard. Let's go for it. Yeah. So you know, good for uh, you know, good for him and good for the way he played. But you know, that's you know, they t- having Tyler Smith back will help this team. Yeah. Will, will yeah. absolutely help this yeah. team. And, and I can say, tip of the cap to Adoga for how he played. It wasn't pretty, but it was good enough to get the job done. They didn't need him to play at a high level, and, but he but he played it. He played at a good level. That he did. And and. There still has to be a lot said about the usage, the, the utilization of Cavante Turpin. Uh, I mean, you know, what did he have? Six, six. Oh, so he had five touches on six. Oh, well, six targets. He had three targets, two catches, three runs, and then three of his runs he averaged four point seven per carry. That was only point zero three less than Tony Pollard, the lead back, 
and he got one of the touchdowns. So Kevontae Turpin is clearly going to be a part of this Cowboys offense going forward, and that should terrify opposing defenses because guess what? The Cowboys haven't even mixed in Deuce Vaughn just yet. So Deuce Vaughn was getting some some reps on the back end of the of the game when it was well, well, well out of hand. But the fact that Kevontae Turpin can now come in and not only be that return guy, but also be that change of pace guy uh, out of the backfield, slot receiver at times, left end to a touchdown. I mean, creativity is just endless in this offense now. Don't know how rare it is, but I know it's very – I have to assume it's extremely rare that you can have a 40-point win and you get to the third segment of the show and you haven't mentioned the quarterback, Dak Prescott. But we're going to take a break, and when we come back, we're going to do just that. We're going to talk about Dak Prescott and what we saw from him yesterday in that 40-point win. We'll be back DallasCowboys.com radio. Todd thought it would be secure to jog in the cheetah savannah. Todd believed the big cat repellent he bought online was reliable. And now Todd is trying to be faster than this cheetah that can run 80 miles per hour. But the good news is Todd has AT&T 5G that is fast, reliable, and secure. And he learned the best thing to do is stop running and toss her the backpack with the beef stew. AT&T 5G. Fast, reliable, secure. It's not complicated. 5G requires compatible plan and device. 5G may not be available in your area. See att.com slash 5G for you for details. Don't put off getting your oil changed, Dallas. Take 5 Oil Change. A proud partner of the Cowboys is faster than you think. There's no appointment needed and no waiting room. Yep, you heard that correctly. Take 5 is so fast, you don't even have to get out of your car. You can take advantage of Take 5's fast, friendly, and simple service at any of their locations across the Dallas area. And remember, at Take 5, you stay in your car because they're faster than you think. Take 5, the official oil change of the Dallas Cowboys. It's the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys, Jack Black. And right now, Cowboys fans can get 15% off their $75 order. Plus, because every deal needs a playmaker, your order will include a free five-piece skincare set and free shipping. The Jack Black Playmaker is four of Jack's favorites and a full-sized intense therapy lip balm. Make a play for the playmaker at getjackblack.com slash cowboys with the code Cowboys VIP. That's getjackblack.com slash cowboys with the code cowboys VIP. They say champions are remembered, but legends are never forgotten. United Ag and Turf offers a winning lineup of John Deere equipment built to tackle any challenge on and off the field. Legendary John Deere tractors, combines, residential mowers, commercial mowers, compact construction equipment, gator utility vehicles, and a full line of golf and sports turf equipment. United Ag and Turf, the official Ag and Turf equipment supplier of the Dallas Cowboys. Visit unitedagandturf.com to find a location near you. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. To the break. Got that. Check out the latest and greatest addition to the tours at AT&T Stadium at the Star in Frisco. Meet Jerry Jones, an interactive experience. Get a peek behind the curtain into the fascinating life of Jerry Jones with a focus on innovative fan experience in partnership with AT&T. This interactive technology gives 
Tour goers, the opportunity to ask Mr. Jones a variety of questions. For more information and to book your tour, visit DallasCowboys.com slash tours. Welcome back. Final segment of The Break Live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. It's time to talk a little Dakota Rain. Yesterday, Mr. Dak Prescott went 13 of 24, 54% completion rate, 143 yards, no interceptions, no touchdowns, uh, but his team came away with a 40-point-to-nothing victory. What were your thoughts on his performance? I mean, any stat and box score watchers will look at his stat line and say, oh, that was pedestrian. Well, a couple of things here. Number one, he didn't. He and the offense didn't need to explode. They just needed to continue to manage the game, not do too much, because then you get into situations where you might start letting the other team get back into the game. McCarthy, Dak, the Cowboys learned that lesson from Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers, Jacksonville Jaguars, and Trevor Lawrence. Um, but what I did see from Dak Prescott was that you know, he did well in, in keeping the game where it needed to be, uh, keeping the, the Cowboys offense moving once they got going. But bigger than anything was he made the plays he needed to make when those plays needed to be made. We talked in the last segment about that. Trips left uh, formation, big play, 49-yard gainer to CeeDee Lamb. That was a big one. Uh, talk about the Dak to Cooks on the five-yard gain on fourth and three to convert uh, on the Giants' 38-yard line, um, and which then led to more points for the Cowboys. So when you start talking about uh, Dak Prescott's performance against the Giants, don't just look at the box score. You need to go back and look at the plays that he made when they needed to be made to keep the chains moving, to, which then keeps the defense on the sidelines so that they can be rested when they come back in to make more plays. I think the the environment could very well have led to interceptions. You know, the climate, the rain, that could have led to that. So my point will be quick here. I think, well, not I think, I am glad that he was able to not make those mistakes because we would be here once again talking about Dak. Oh, you know, the world's waiting for the first interception. Exactly, exactly. That's my point. So it's. I thought despite of everything that we talked about earlier on, them needing to pick it up a little more, they didn't need to. I thought he protected the ball well and did what he needed to do. So I'm excited to see uh, what happens next week. In a game where I think they'll need a, a little more oomph, yeah. oomph, spark. But, yeah, yeah Ryan. This, uh, this offense, it didn't have to be great. Mm-hmm. And it surely wasn't great. And you're talking about the quarterback. You know, he didn't do anything to cost you the game. The game was... Uh, the best drive of the game was the start of the drive that started the second half. Yeah. That was it. I challenged, and I know on 105.3 on our halftime show, I challenged the Cowboys. I said, come out in the second half, take the ball, and go get points. Go get seven. Go make me feel better about what's going on here offensively. And they did just that. The, the, it started off the pass to Gallup for 10 yards. Then you get the Pollard run. You get Turpin gets a run. You get the pass for nine yards from Prescott to Lamb. Pollard again with the 25-yard run. We talked about the blocking at the point of attack. Rico Dowdle gets in there for four yards. You know, Dak misses a, a hinder shot, though, down uh, down the deep left. It, it you know, very well could have been. Uh, it could have been a big play right there. But there's where you know, you're starting to see plays, play after play after play. You're seeing rhythm to the offense. You're seeing Dak mix up the run pass. Him and McCarthy are on the same page. It was a really, really pretty drive. It was the best drive they had during the game, in a game where the offense didn't have to be great. And, but I needed to see that. And Ambar's talking about maybe 
some of the preseason rust and things like that. They practiced a lot against this defense. You know, I felt like that that was a good tune-up for them. But that was the drive that I needed to see because that's how they're capable of playing football. The rest of that stuff, that stuff you need to evaluate. You need to see, well, how was, how was the blocking? Was the routes good enough? You know, where was the quarterback's eyes? Was he throwing? They didn't turn over the ball. That's the number one thing right there. In a, in a bad condition game, they didn't do anything to put their defense in harm's way. But they needed that drive to start the second half. That makes me feel good about going forward here, regardless of anything else you want to focus in this game. When you yeah. go 10 plays, 75 yards, and it burns just under five minutes, and it's pouring down rain, yeah, I think that's good. I think that's good stuff. Yeah, that's right. If you go back and listen to or watch our uh, our uh, post game locker room uh, video that we had of Coach McCarthy addressing the team, what he said to them was, uh, "You protected the ball and you took the ball away." Yeah, and I think that was the key yesterday. Uh, the Giants didn't protect the ball. The Cowboys did. And the Cowboys defense just took it away and the Giants didn't. So I think that was ultimately in a game like that. That was the difference, really. The offense didn't have to be great. As you guys said, it really didn't have to be great. They just needed to manage the game. And I think they did a great job of managing the game. Yesterday. The one thing that you, you know, the one thing that with defensively for the Cowboys that is as well as they played that really to me was. They, you know, Isaiah Hodgins catches the ball. The Giants' biggest play, Isaiah Hodgins catches the ball on Diggs, and he's running away. Uh-huh. What does Diggs do? He goes and hammers that ball to get it back. Yep. That's what you're going to have. If you're going to give up a huge chunk play, you make sure that you go and try and make amends for that. So, you know, we're all kind of, oh, what a great play by Diggs. That, that was a great play. But, you know, he also, that he gave up a big play. You know, but to hustle and put himself in position to, like Derek's talking about, take the ball away, that says a lot about how these guys were playing defense last night. Even in a bad situation, Diggs found a way to turn it into a positive for this defense. Yeah. I even look at the the fact that, and I, I me and Nick were talking about this on the plane ride back, really the weather to me it, for both offenses was a challenge. The difference was Cowboys held, held on to the ball. Like there were situations where they just, like the, the Giants offense just got lit up and they well, didn't hold on to the ball in situations where the Cowboys did. The weather was bad and it, was, it affected both offenses. Neither offense was going to do great things yeah. last night. Pollard had a fumble. Pollard yeah, got absolutely. hit, and yep. luckily, luckily, it was a screen yep. where you had, and the guy who handles the ball every single play was there to make the recovery. Mm-hmm. The guy that's comfortable grabbing the ball, yep. you know, Zach Martin's going to dive in there, but Biotish right there where he needed to be. Ball gets hammered out of Pollard's hands. Now it's on the ground, but the Cowboys did a great job. But that's what I'm saying. When the ball's on the ground for you, you've got to find a way to go get it. Yep. You know, how many times we've we seen. You know, guys standing around and the ball's on the ground, and the next thing you know, the other team's on it. You know, very good awareness by Biotis to to get on that ball. All right, that's a wrap for us. What we're gonna do is tomorrow Real quickly. We yeah, got sure. we we got to do this. We got to give Brandon Aubrey some roses. Um, the resiliency in Aubrey. I mean, obviously coming out of camp and going into the regular season, we're still wondering, you know, if he's going to be the long term uh, solution at kicker. And we're still my Twitter feed wasn't pretty. After yeah, we're that still miss. hoping that he builds. But the <laughs> yeah. fact that he misses the extra point and then immediately everybody's like, oh, here we yeah. go. That young man stayed he firm did. mentally, and he made the remainder of his extra points. He made the uh, the entirety of his field goal attempts, and every single one of his, of his kickoffs were touchbacks out of the back of the end zone. In tough 
conditions. In tough That's what also needs to be so, mentioned there is in tough conditions. Yeah. And I certainly it was wanted, raining sideways. Yeah. yeah. It, at one point in that game, multiple points in that game, it was a really big torrential yeah, downpour. It was. Did you walk down on the field high. at the end of the game? No, no, I did not. <laughs> Why do you hear a cold? No, maybe she got pneumonia. There's all these great pictures from that stadium of Ambar bundled up like she's a, like she's Ice Station <laughs> Zebra, you know, in Siberia or something like oh, that. Oh, it was beautiful before the game yesterday. Mm, we were really all down was. there on the sidelines. Mm. Nice breeze. And then yeah. some drops starting. We were like, and we're like, all right, time to go up. And then as soon as we get up, it's like the rain came. Like where else? Yeah, it was. But that's those are the type of sprinkles that get you sick like no doubt alright we appreciate you joining us we'll be back tomorrow tomorrow we're going to get into some player evaluations I got a number of players I'm going to throw out for these guys and let them tell you what they thought of these players and what they did yesterday we'll be, until then for Patrick Walker Brian Broaddus Amber Garcia I'm Derek Eagle. this has been The Break live on DallasCowboys.com radio this has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club how about this Cowboys